Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. So we've got tonight to start with some courageous pastors that have been operating up in Ottawa, and they created and started this thing, I believe, the Million March in Ottawa, Canada, and it happened a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and it went all over Canada, and there were marches organized in cities all across the nation, and they were pushing back against the woke LGBTQ plus agenda that in Canada is a little bit more advanced than in the United States from the 2017 gender law that they put on the books that's caused some major problems. So we want to hear tonight from Pastor Herbert and Pastor Henry Hildebrand. Um, thank you so much for joining us here on the World Prayer Network. Uh, please share with us what you guys have been up to and what the Lord's speaking to you and what he's doing up there in Canada. Thank you, Adam, so very much. Appreciate what you just said. Uh, it stood out to me that you said Christians have always been, uh, what did you say, willing and have been ready to stand in the gap regardless of the consequences. I guess we are in a real battle, a real battle. I had to think this week, this past week, and so good to have Dr. Ann Gillies on here. She's a, she's a fellow warrior. She was there in Ottawa with us. Um, I had to think whether that was in Ottawa or Toronto, we are in no less of a battle than when David and Goliath were facing each other, we had we had a tremendous battle. It's two opposing sides um, shouting, and and uh, uh, one side was standing for the truth, the other side was blaspheming God, no less than what what was happening in Goliath's time, in David's time. And I kept thinking of the of the phrase that David said, and you know, I I feel like, well, not just feel like, but we are actually getting the same accusation that David got. When David arrived there, you all remember that well. You know that uh, his brothers even told him, why did you come? Did you just want to see the battle? And we get the same question asked. People say, why did you Why did you go to Ottawa? Why don't you just stick to preaching the word of God? Well, we do stick to the preaching of, uh, of the word of God wherever we are. But I, my question is, is there not a cause? Uh, to me... I feel, I, I believe I can truly say that I feel like David felt when I arrived there, I hear what is happening, the blasphemous words. I, I All I can say is, is there not a cause? And when I see the heat of the battle, when I see what was going on in Ottawa and in Toronto, uh, it gives me such courage in the middle of the battle to stand up for God regardless, regardless of what the consequences are. And obviously, obviously, we're not doing that in a malicious way or in a carnal way. Um, not at all, not at all. But we are fearless. I, I can testify to the glory of God that we are standing in this battle fearless because we know, I personally know where I'm standing. I know that the foundation is truth. And not only not only are we facing the enemy here, but while we're doing that, we're opening we're opening the way to the truth. Uh, I, I trust it makes sense what I'm saying. We're opening the way of to the truth for the whole wide world. As you probably heard, this million person march for children was organized by a Muslim. By his name is Camille Al Cheek. 
Um, I spent about two hours with him the day after, after the uh, march was done, but he's the one that organized this uh, across Canada. So it was organized by the Muslims. So some people were uh, discussing it back and forth and said, well, uh, I don't think we can go, or somebody else said, well, if it's organized by the Muslims, in my mind, it was no battle whatsoever, because I am, at this point, we are looking for ways how to help the whole world, not just people that call themselves Christians or Christians that have become lukewarm or Christians that are not standing up for the truth, but we're looking to help the whole world. And when I see the Muslims standing up like they are right now for the family value, for God's structure, for the family, I feel no hesitation in me. And I guess this is where it started, why we even got heavily involved, because uh, maybe three weeks or so, maybe maybe uh, four, four weeks ago, a month ago, there was a real um, uh, standoff in two hours from where we live at a school in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, out of a school of 800 or 900, 600 students did not show up for Pride Day. And of course, this is a school where there's predominantly Muslim children. And uh, I could not resist, but to say in that video that I did, I said, I want to personally thank the Muslim families for standing up for the family value. And I told them, I said, don't allow them at the public school system, don't allow them to indoctrinate your children and don't allow them to ruin your family values. I guess by me saying that, that had spread far and wide very fast. So by the time I arrived in Ottawa, uh, the Muslim, and I, I should say that there was a, um, uh, Dr. Angelis would, would confirm this, there was a lot, a lot of Muslims there, obviously, because it was organized by a Muslim uh, organizer. So a lot of them came out and they stood very, very firmly on this. So what we did in Ottawa is we stood on common ground. Uh, we, it, we, we, we were starting to work with the Muslim people, not on in areas where we where we disagree or where we don't understand each other that's that's coming in the future where we want to sit down and have dialogue and get the bible out and and help them to see what god has for them we've prayed earnestly about this and fasted that god would show us how to help this world because we are in dire dire need right now and not just us that are here on this call but the muslims uh, in Saudi Arabia, uh, in Iraq, in Iran, uh, everywhere, wherever they are, right? So it was a tremendous, tremendous um, outpouring of uh, standing together on Wednesday, last Wednesday, September 20th. When we got there at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, I had to uh, I had to walk by faith because there was hardly anybody there. And I thought, oh, Lord, uh, we really need to stand because there's an enemy coming. And I don't know what happened, but an hour later or so, they came out of from every direction and in no time. And I am I am not exaggerating. We had thousands upon thousands of people when we did the actual march. As far as you could see down the street, we, we, we took over the whole street. The police uh, closed the street for traffic. It, it was a tremendous outpouring. I was moved to tears. And I guess something that that happened uh, that was quite outstanding is uh, I personally, I like to come right to the front of the line and then I like to look at the people. And then while I'm doing that, I'm asking God, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, help that as I'm looking at them, that my soul would connect with their soul 
so that they can feel the truth, so that they can feel eternal life. And as I was standing there, I was I was getting um, uh, a connection on the other side. I couldn't believe it. Who was standing there? All of a sudden, I saw it's the leader of the uh, uh, NDP, the New Democratic Party, which is one of the three parties in Canada. They have the Liberal Party, the Conservative Party, who is the they are the op official opposition right now, and then they have the New Democratic Party, which has been uh, around for many many years as well. Very very liberal. They are presently right now standing shoulder to shoulder with uh, Justin Trudeau. Anyway, so as I looked across, uh, I saw like ten feet from where I was, or fifteen feet at the most. I saw this uh, the leader of the liberal or of the uh, NDP party standing there, and I guess before I could think much of what I was going to say, it just came out of my mouth. I said, "Sir, what are you doing there?" Because he was standing behind the pride flag there and just looking over the pride flag. I said, "Sir, what are you doing there?" I said, "You should be standing with the families. You are part of our government. You should be here." Anyway, it was quite a quite a. Um, uh, heated moment there, but I felt I felt truly, truly inspired. And then just what was it? Just one person in between. The next person that was standing there was the head of the union uh, for the teachers. Um, they have like 280,000 members across Canada. They're all uh, um, government workers. I, I just it was unbelievable. I guess I'm saying it in that video there. I I, I was in total shock. Like, what are we seeing here? First of all, the, the people are not coming out. So uh, go ahead and play that video if you like, Adam. Thank you. So that is what we were uh, faced with there. The the man that you see there, right straight ahead, who I'm talking to, that is that is the his, he's actually a Sikh, um, and his own religion would absolutely forbid him to do what he did there to stand with those people. But I guess that's that's where we are at this point. And he's also the uh, coalition partner of Justin Trudeau, so mm -hmm. he's the one that if he pulls his support, the Trudeau government falls tomorrow and we have an election. So it was quite pivotal to see him right at the front of the lines um, there. And and his own, he's this video has gone viral. Um, it's gotten uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of views in different places in, on, in the Sikh WhatsApp network, if you will. Um, and his own people now are lambasting him because he is a traitor to their faith. By him wearing his turban um, and carrying his kirpan, he is stating that God created every one of us perfectly in how we are created. So his very presence at the front of that line is a complete 
traitorous act to his people, his culture, and his faith. Mm. And then we met uh, his uh, his people, right? Later on. Yes, yeah, so there's actually a, a picture here. Um, so you might want to tell him just on the, if you go back one slide, Terry. So it was a busy week on the 21st. Oh, yes. Between... So on the 20th, we were on the street there. Like I said, thousands and thousands of people were there. And then the following day, uh, Herbert and I spent the rest of the day. Uh, well, we met for two hours. We met with uh, Camille, the leader of the march. And then in between, we went and sat in court to assist uh, or to uh, support uh, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber, who are the leaders of the trucking convoy, as you recall from, uh, what is it, almost two years ago now in February. So uh, we were there to support them. Uh, that's that's quite something to see that these peaceful protesters are being treated as how, how they how they transgressed and how they hurt the community. But at this point, I believe they have had 13 days in court so far, and there's there's no end in sight yet. And they're trying to pin it on them that how they hurt the community, how they hurt the city of Ottawa. But there's no grounds. There's no grounds. They can't find anything. There, there was no hurt because the whole time, and I was there the whole three weeks in Ottawa while the trucking convoy was there, there was nothing that happened that, that hurt anyone. It was it created such a safety for the people there for the three weeks, and the, and the people worked together. I mean, talking about humanity, showing how humanity works when they when they when they really when the pressure is on i'll never forget in my life and that's what these two people are accused of and sitting in court for and facing like 10 years of prison if if they would if they would uh, find them guilty so we're hoping and praying that it, that it won't happen because they are actually what they are is this this lady here that you see there in the middle tamara leach she's actually a national hero stood up for freedom brought the truckers together and we we were there on the ground in front of the parliament praying with these truckers i've never experienced anything like that again dr gillies was there we had an amazing 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 time wow. and from there we flew out the next day you'll see this is toronto um many of you will be familiar with billboard chris um he's the dad that walks around with the uh, with the cardboard sign um children can't consent to puberty blockers he started this about five years ago alone on the streets, and now he's joined by thousands of people uh, at his events where he goes. Um, he's working with Moms for Liberty and other groups in the United States. He goes all across uh, the United States. Uh, if you go to the next slide, Terry, you can see a picture there. Um, he had mm -hmm. booked this event prior to the September 20th mark being a plan, so we went ahead with both events. Uh, flew to Toronto here. You can see some of our... Uh, our Sikh brothers there standing uh, with us just as a show of support and defiance to um, the national opposition leader. And to the right, of course, you see Billboard Chris. Um, but this protest, uh, unfortunately, the other side, and you saw the union leader was there again, um, turned violent. If you go to the next slide, Terry, you'll see um, that a 18-year-old boy was attacked um, with some sort of weapon. He was standing right up at the line. They kept pushing into our space more and more and more. Um, they were very, very hateful, vile language, vile gestures, signs being used. And he's standing there. He's a young uh, man, him and his brother, Josh Alexander, who you may have seen of Save Canada, that have been, he's been expelled from school for refusing to. Uh, and these boys are like yeah. real Christians. They are. These They're, boys are, uh, I spent the evening before this happened to him, before he was injured like this. I spent the evening before that we had our Bibles open. These are genuine Christians. These young men, 17 and 18, these are brothers. Just amazing, amazing young people. And uh, and Nick here, he's the older one. He's 18. 
he was just standing there looking at them. He wasn't being provocative. He wasn't obviously uh, violent. And he just stood there looking at them like, what are you doing? And uh, just out of the crowd, somebody, some something hit him in the face. Somebody either punched him or, or used a weapon and uh, just cut above his eye. Thankfully, he was okay. Uh, but this has become an iconic picture that I was just at the right time was snapped. And uh, it was an honor for me to be a part of that, simply to document that moment in history, because this seems to be a real turning point in our country mm -hmm. and across the West. People see this and realize that this battle is real. Um, they are The other side is more than willing to use violence if given an opportunity. Um, what makes this even more egregious is that Nick's uh, attacker was briefly arrested after a public outcry right there from the crowd and then was released back into the union ranks within 10 minutes. Nick, however, was arrested and held for eight hours until he was finally released um, without charges because the Toronto Police Division 32 was inundated with calls from around the world. And they realized that they would have thousands of people standing outside their doors by morning. So they let him go without charges at this point. But the next slide, Terry, if you can, you'll see he's being led into the paddy wagon. And uh, the other pictures of him going home the next morning with his uh, stitches. And the reason that was posted publicly is because thousands of union members reached out and accused us of staging this. Um, they live in complete denial of what they are able to do when they are truly in a pack of demonically possessed people. Mm -hmm. And I say that very clearly and distinctly because that's exactly as my father and I were looking over the crowd. I said, we cannot explain this behavior, the language, the eyes and the faces of these people, but fully possessed by Satan himself and empowering their responses that it's only the hand of God that we're protected to be even standing in with that and the police that still are you know, somewhat on our side, even though they're not fully anymore, are protecting us from these people. If the police were not there, I fully believe they would they would lose their cool eventually. And as a pack. Um, just try to tear us apart. You could see it in their eyes, and mm -hmm. it's not exaggerated. It's just simply um, extremely profound to see the demonic forces at work here. So, and this the previous picture that's the one that went viral, right? That's right. Yeah, and you see the context of the the vet mm -hmm. that was an old world. Um, no, sorry, I think a Korean War vet, or maybe uh, anyway, got my wars mixed up. But he's a veteran of of arm of uh, wars abroad, standing there with Nick side to side. The police there, and you see the trans protesters in the background and all of this happening there it was a very very heated moment um and and it was just the hand of god right there that stopped it from really breaking out further again people from from the side of truth were really taking it on the chin and uh and here we see terry you just pulled up the slide at almost the exact hour that this happened um our prime minister and the mps were in parliament and applauding an actual uh former ss soldier that fought in Ukraine, um, but Prime Minister or President Zelensky was there from the Ukraine speaking to Parliament, and they honored his service, uh, notwithstanding the fact that they claim that he wasn't vetted. We don't believe that for a second, because to be appearing in Parliament as a guest, you are vetted thoroughly. Um, and the Prime Minister and his cabinet thought they could get away with it and actually honored a Nazi while calling us the same words that they use for Nazis. And this is just shows you the context of the spiritual battle. But anyway, Adam, I think we've taken a little bit more of the time and I apologize for that, but this gives you a context of the real battle on the ground last week in Canada. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, this is, this is I hate to say that it's not eye-opening because we've seen this um, moving and it, it seems bizarre to me that this is about a social issue. 
-hmm. Like this behavior cannot be described as initiated by opposing views about gender or sexuality, mm -hmm. right? Because I mean, the second world war when the Marxist revolutions failed largely in Europe, they were they they got identified as failing for one major reason. One, people of faith, Christians in general, rejected the economic principles of Marxism. So then they moved that into cultural Marxism. And that's one of the things that's just been moving in the earth the last 70 years very, very clearly. And this LGBTQ plus stuff is the outworking of all of that. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Ann Gillies, we we have you. We were worried we weren't going to get you, but it's great to great no. to see you. <laughs> Wonderful to meet you. Please let us know. Talk to us some about what you've been experiencing up there. Well, um, I was with the Hildebrands in Ottawa. Uh, always such a pleasure to be together with these uh, godly men and to stand together. And so, across Canada. There were probably uh, between 90 and 100 different towns and cities that um, had individuals uh, come together to march against this ideology in the curriculum in the schools. So this was a tremendous success. It's being dubbed uh, the largest protest of its kind ever in Canada. And that's really exciting. So there were, um, as the Hildebrand said, there were... Muslims and Sikhs and Jews and Christians and atheists and gays against groomers. There were uh, there was such a variety of individuals that came to stand for children's uh, protection, which is an interesting group of people to be amongst. But for me, this is I believe this is our time. This is God is calling us for this time to be in the marketplace, to be where. Um, non-believers are that we can move forth in love and compassion and at the same time not backing down from the truth one bit and the other side and one thing i wanted to say the other side was fueled and paid for by labor unions and teachers unions across canada they were paying their protesters our money was paying for the protesters to protest against us, against the parents. And I think um, that is going to um, work against them down the road. I really believe that. But for now, we just have to stand firm. There's a lot of stuff now. Um, and I as well met with Kamel for a couple hours before I left Ottawa. And there's a lot of things now in the works, planning in the works for the next steps. We must be in our school boards. We must be present on the ground in every area um, across Canada. There is no time for uh, stepping back. We must push forward. And I want to say something, this is more on a personal note, um, after that incredible success, because we've been praying. And I said, the first thing I said in my speech when in Ottawa was, uh, you people are the answer to my prayers. I've been praying for something like this for years, that parents would wake up, they would start to unite, and they would stand against this tyranny. And that's what's happening. Um, over the next several weeks, I'm doing a lot of travel. And today, I just got a call from the individuals in Swift Current, where I will be next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it is. And they have um, they've been talking with the RCMP in that area. This is in Saskatchewan. And the LGBTQ are really um, stirred up about me coming to speak and, of course, trying to shut that down. 
And so anyways, we were just talking about security and different things. And they wanted to make sure I wasn't going to talk about conversion therapy. And I'm not at this point in time, I'm talking about the dangers of gender affirming care. But wherever we go now, um, and uh, Hildebrands, you will know this, Panarina Herbert, that uh, we do have a, we have a bit of a target. Uh, we are a bit of a target. And um, I wanted to read something, though, to you, because I think this is really important as we move forward in Canada, in the U.S., across Europe, that we must remember that we have to stand together and we have to stand firm. And a few years ago, when I was, uh, I don't know, this is maybe five or six years ago, the Lord gave me this scripture, and it's very familiar. It's from Ezekiel. And uh, it really touched my heart. I mean, it was one of those scriptures that all of a sudden you feel like there's fire within you. And the Lord was saying uh, to Ezekiel, he said, the people to whom I'm sending you are obstinate and stubborn. He was sending, God was sending him to his own people, right? Oh, and that's what I want to say before I read this scripture. The United Church of Canada, which is a progressive church now, used to be a mainline church, but the United Church of Canada issued a uh, statement and calling all progressive-minded, like-minded, LGBTQ celebrating, not just affirming, but celebrating individual churches, uh, those kind of churches, to join them in counter-protest against the parents as well. So not only the union, but the churches, right? So, So this is, to me, it's very much like Ezekiel, being called to his people and nobody wants to listen. And the Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious people. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. I think he says that like four times in that, in that passage. And he's trying to say, you know what? They may not listen to you. And sometimes you feel like those on the other side are not listening. But, you know, God always has people and he's always opening people's hearts. So we must keep speaking the truth because um, then he goes on in chapter three to say, son of man, listen carefully and take heart to all the words I speak to you. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord said. And and he says just before that, that um, I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. And we must learn, we must learn to be unyielding when it comes to the LGBTQ uh, deviant, deviancy and the impact on our children and the teaching of our children, such practices. And because God is saying, um, he's going to make our forehead like the hardest stone. If we trust him, this is an opportunity for us to be fearless. That's that's what you were saying earlier. And we need to do that in, in light of what's happening all around us, because our children are what's at stake in these days. So Canada's rising up. We hope the rest of the world will arise. I think we're going to see more and more um, People start standing, but I also know that uh, the enemy is uh, very mad and there's a lot of opposition. So keep praying. Yeah. 
it's it does seem to me like we've we've gone over a precipice of no return on this particular issue. I mean, yes. when I was a young man in seventh eighth grade, I was doing persuasive speeches in junior high school about the the homosexual issue related to the Bible, and I got accused of slippery slope argument, and I failed my speech because I was using a slippery slope argument, you know, to talk about the normalization of other kinds of. Um, sexual deviancy. And we just see that in full force now, right? The slippery slope of the 80s is the reality of the 2020s. That's right. And the question is, in Canada, I was doing a little bit of research for tonight's broadcast, and I saw that since the 2017 law, um, when, you, when you can no longer, uh, I mean, call a man a man if they decide that they're not a man, essentially, when you when you no longer are able to distinguish biology, that really has started to erode actual parental rights. And there's cases in Canadian courts now where biological parents are having their children apparently taken from them or attempted to be taken from them by people that have no biological stake to the child. Um, what do you see as I mean, we know it's not a slippery slope that's cause and effect. What do you see as part of the problem with if we don't stand up and push back, where do you think this agenda as it's manifesting is going to take us? Well, if I, I'll, if I can speak to that first, just very briefly, and then give it over to the Hildebrands. Um, first of all, we're in this place because the church has not stood for biblical sexuality. The church has failed the, the culture. And I'm talking broadly, the, the church, because the church has given in to fear for decades mm. and fear and intimidation. And I get it, but um, we have an opportunity. We have a window of opportunity to take a stand. And I'm praying. And I, I know that there are pastors, many across Canada, who stand with us. So I'm not you know minimizing that. But the church overall has failed to be the moral bedrock that we needed. Where this will go, well, number one, I'm praying that the church will awake and arise. And I want to say this, um, in Canada, for the march, there was one affiliation, a denomination, I'm not sure if it, which it is, uh, the whole denomination said they would stand behind the march and they encouraged their people to go to the march. It was the only one in all of Canada that I'm aware of. And in one of those churches in Calgary, uh, the pastor's a good friend and he had almost 100% of his congregation at the march. That's what we need. We need the church to arise. We need the church to arise and quit sitting back and waiting for something else to happen and waiting for their children to be taken from them because down the road, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be like the frog in the boiling water and go, why didn't we jump out sooner? And uh, that's the saddest thing. It's a sad commentary. So if we don't arise now, I'm not sure we'll have another opportunity. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, this has been enlightening. Thank you so much for briefing us on this, giving us an insight into what's going on um, with this issue. Um, it's important for me working here in Washington uh, to kind of pay attention to what's going on up there because you guys are just a couple years down the road here. And we're seeing in America the parental rights movement picking up steam. And it's kind of trite, but it's true. It's 
It's the mama bear instinct that gets the hikers eaten. So you start to threaten the children and you will see a new kind of ferocity coming out of the families. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.